Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer, joined by me, as always, is my man, Ryan Gilbert. How you doing on this beautiful Monday, Ryan? I'm doing good. Got a new week, got a new or continued fantasy baseball week, depending on your all-star break. But yeah, I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Monday, Monday in the books here. I think, I think it's a lighter slate here of games. So, yeah, excited to watch some baseball tonight and get into some baseball talk here with you. Uh, I'm excited as well, especially since uh, the one person that I think the entire baseball world has been waiting on to get called up at this point, Christian Encarnacion Strand, has finally been called up by the Cincinnati Reds, sure. which is I mean, it's it's about time. I was starting to think he wasn't going to get called up until maybe September at this point, but they have decided to go all in on the season, it feels like. Christian Encarnacion Strand is here. I believe he's batting seventh today. So if you're listening yes. to this live, he's in the lineup. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed. He's still I, in the I lineup. Hope he, yeah, he's still in the lineup, and I hope he went four for four. Uh, and his uh, fellow rookie, Ella De La Cruz, is leading off today, which is interesting as well. He's been uh, cold recently, though, I saw. I'm not sure if he broke out of it yesterday, but he was like 0 for 12. I think I think he was another O for yesterday too, but you know what? Leading off, I, I sprinkled a little on the uh, over one and a half total bases and over one and a half runs and RBIs on Ellie today. So I'm hoping that <laughs> all it needs is one to hit. If, if one hits, I'm cool. Uh, but yeah, Christian Encarnacion Strand, if I could say his damn name right, is here. Ryan, do you have any shares of Encarnacion Strand? And what do you think? What do you think the outlook is for him going forward? I do. I, I picked him up. In my keeper league, I believe I may have drafted him. Let me let me check. I got my uh, player history. I picked him up on June 14th, which seems kind of late for Ooh. a keeper league. Um, I saw your text last night. You said he's called up. Uh, I went to my eight team league and picked him up because yeah, I had a roster spot, so I have him <laughs> in, in those two. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did everything asked of him at AAA. We talked about him, I think, a few weeks ago when their GM or somebody came out and said, well, you know, there's not a roster spot for him. He's going to have to be a injury or a trade to, to make it, make it that it, so he can be caught up. I don't think there's any injury there. I think it's just, you know, Mm-mm. they just got swept by the Brewers and, and need a little bit of spark and, and kind of strands on a uh, five game multi hit streak, uh, two game back to back games with two doubles since June 29th in 13 games. He's 20 for 55 with three <laughs> home runs, two doubles and a triple. This is just what he does. So, yeah, uh, this is uh, good for the Reds that they need another uh, rejuvenating prospect to be called up. And you know what? He's been doing it for the past few years in the minors. So there's, there's no reason to think that won't continue uh, this season now in the major leagues. Yeah, he's doing the thing that we all say. Like, every makes everybody makes the stupid, oh, he's putting up video game numbers reference. Everybody does that with everybody in every sport that's having a good year. He's actually putting up video game like numbers in 67 games he has 43 extra base hits that's not supposed to happen he has he has 65 runs in 62 rbis he's almost on pace with a run and rbi per game imagine yeah. someone having 150 <laughs> runs scored 150 rbis in a full major league season 
while hitting 331, lowering his strikeout rate to a career best 21% and walking a career best best 10%. He's literally doing everything, and I get it. Everybody gets hyped on these prospects, but Christian Encarnacion Strand is just a little different than the rest. He doesn't have the speed. He's not going to come out and steal freaking 40 bases. He's not Ellie De La Cruz in that way, but he is maybe baseball's next big home run hitter, like big young home run hitter. Like he, he seems to have 40 home run power, which not a lot of guys come up and have 40 home run power. Uh, and he's very uh, fly ball dominant in the minors, very pull heavy in the minors, which is going to play so well at great American ballpark. He's got like a, just shy of like a 24% line drive rate too, which we talk about a lot. It's a good indicator of kind of some success at the major league level in hitting wise that they can stick to the line drives. But yeah, he has a game that is very suited for playing at that home great American ballpark. Uh, the Reds actually play seven home games in seven days this week. So he is just fully set up for success. He needs to be in your lineup because I know I'm still curious to see exactly how they're going to like work out where he plays. They've been pretty set on working him a little bit everywhere to get him in the lineup. I know in the minors, he played first base. He played third base. He hit at DH. He also played a little left field and right field. Not a lot, but they they tried him out out there. So they seem pretty set on getting him in the lineup every single day. And if that happens, I mean, I got to think third base is his main position. I got to think easily top 12 third base for the rest of the year with top 10 positional upside moving forward. Top 10 first base the rest of the year, you said? Third base. I mean, fucking well, he, first base, too. He plays he he eligible get, as well. So. He has to get third base eligible. First. Is he third base eligible in ESPN? He's only third base on ESPN. Oh, he's only first base <laughs> oh, so on Yahoo. So this, this, I, I was gonna, interesting. My next question was, yeah, where does he rank for you in, in first baseman? But, I mean, you're more third base focused, I guess, since you do more ESPN. I do more Yahoo, but uh, I, I have a list here. I wrote down, wrote down a little list of players. Okay. You have the top, you have the top five. You're not dropping for him. Freeman, mm-hmm. Vlad, Alonzo, Goldschmidt, Olsen. You're not dropping for okay. him. Nope. Uh, then you got this this group of guys. Nathaniel Lowe, I think, has proven to be, be decent. You're not going to drop yeah. for him, but like um, Justin Turner is, is an interesting one. I, I don't think you drop uh, him for Incarnacion I would take Strand. Incarnacion Strand over, but I wouldn't drop Justin Turner for him. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's the question. If you're in a tight league and you're like, oh, there's this top prospect coming up, but I have this first baseman that's good. Should I drop him? I think there are people in that uh, Yandy Diaz, Luis Arias, who are kind of both in that in that realm of guys. It's like, okay, you could drop him, and Carnacio Strand could end up be, being better than them. And I think it also comes down to if you want power. If you want power, get mm-hmm. Carnacio Strand. If you want the 380, 390 average, get, get Arias. Then you got guys like Santander. He has first base eligibility now in, in yeah. Yahoo leagues. Uh, Josh Naylor, Christian Walker, Spencer Steer, his teammate. Like first base is, is deeper than I thought when I was looking at it. So l- luckily I had him stashed, but because like my first baseman are Goldschmidt, uh, Santander just got it. And yeah, I, I would, and Nathaniel Lowe uh, in, my, in my keeper league. And I have a cat, I have a corner infielder. So like I wouldn't have dropped necessarily any of them for them in a, in a keeper i would have but mm-hmm. in a redraft league i think there's a lot of people asking like oh should i should i drop this guy for him and i don't know i'm not as high on Encarnacio strand as you're i don't know if but, but the reds can have two top <laughs> prospects come up and just light the world on fire in the same year but you know what H- hopefully they can for their sake 
I hope they can too, just because it would be so fun to watch. And yeah, at the first base for me is like 17 deep, like rosterable players. I really think he's probably top 12 with that top 10. Cody Bellinger, I didn't mention Anthony Rizzo, like. Mount yeah, Castle. I like I like him over Rizzo, Rizzo and Mount Castle. Yeah, uh, of course. Bellinger. Bellinger's Bellinger. Hot. He is. Be- Bellinger might be the benchmark. I, I, he's like right around there, maybe. But yeah, because I mean, Encarnacion Strand's ceiling. It's probably a top. Right. It's probably a top seven into position ceiling. Right yeah, now, his ceiling so is probably good. like similar. I mean, Nathaniel Lowe, I think. Is, or yeah. I think I think he's pronounced Lau. Lau. Yeah. Has been pretty, pretty, pretty good this season. He has uh, only ten home runs in two seventy eight, but like that Texas Rangers offense. So, yeah, I think Encarnacion Strand really depends on your on your risk tolerance with with, with what you're willing to drop. Yeah, because the floor is there. The, the, it's yeah. got a, a low floor just because he's a, an unheralded prospect. We don't know how good he mm-hmm. is or isn't going to be, so you you don't really know. But he could have a pretty high floor too. Yeah, and, and then looking at third base, I mean, he's not going to be top five, top six. Top six is Arenado, is, is Yandy mm-hmm. Diaz is seven, Bregman's eight, Ellie De La Cruz is nine, Chapman ten, Muncie eleven, Gunner, Josh Young, Ryan McMahon probably slots in. Like, what would you say? Like a little bit ten to twelve there, and then can yeah, he could potentially right be Elliot top 10. seven. So pr- pr- pretty similar. Just first base has a little bit, a little bit more depth. Yeah, I think that's pretty. That's pretty safe, and that's very rosterable and very, very usable uh, for the rest of the season, especially since we're in the the dog days of fantasy baseball right now. Yeah. Um. And before going further here, we are spon- brought to you by Circa Sports. The Circa Millions and Circa Survivor contests are back. There's 14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Millions contest is five NFL picks against the spread each week, and the Circa Survivor is just pick a different money line winner each week. You have to enter in Las Vegas, but you can play from anywhere. Uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast guys will be out there the last weekend in August if you want to hang out. Uh, CircusSports.com for all the details. CircusSports.com. Okay, so we talked about Christian Encarnacion Strand. Um, there, there was a couple other big prospects that got the call lately. Uh, we had Giloff and Soderstrom for yeah. Oakland last week. Uh, G- now, Giloff's been better than Soderstrom so far. He has, which surprised me a little bit. I actually picked up Giloff in my, my weekly points league to see yes. how that goes this week. Um, but uh, two other top prospects did get the call on the same day as Christian Encarnacion. And the first one I want to talk about is Andy Rodriguez, because I think he has um, he has value mainly more in points leagues for me than anything else. Um, he's... Uh, Catcher, I gotta stop saying no. He's a he's a, a catcher that has great plate discipline. Uh, he strikes out just a little more than he walks. He's like a fourteen percent strikeout, eleven percent walk rate guy, which is good. He has a very very good hit tool. He has a little bit of pop, but not a ton. He's very uh, Bo Naylor minus the speed. Bo Naylor has a little more speed, and he might have a little better hit tool than Bo Naylor coming out. Uh, so th- I don't think he has crazy. He doesn't have the crazy high ceiling that somebody like Encarnacion Strand has. Uh, nobody has a ceiling like Ellie has. Uh, but he's very Bo Naylor esque for me. But in a points league, I think he carries a lot more value overall, just because he does have that lower strikeout rate for his career in the minors. It's something he does year after year after year, striking out below twenty percent, and he always has that double digit walk rate as well. 
which plays very well into points leagues. He's probably uh, 15 home runs over the course of a year type player. Dick could hit you 280 and not strike out a ton. So what would that be? Alejandro Kirk from last year, maybe, would be yeah. a good comp. It, it feels like Alejandro Kirk from 2022 would be a good comp. And Alejandro Kirk from 2022 was a top 10 catcher. So the Pirates are pretty dead set on getting him into the lineup every day. I know they called up Davis. I think it was last week they called up Davis or the week before. He also kind of had the, the catcher upbringing, but they're using him in other places. Uh, Andy Rodriguez seems pretty dead set at being the catcher going forward. So is he somebody that's on your radar at all, Ryan, or, or how you how you playing it with Andy? Not not really. He he's probably more of a, a wait and see for me. I mean, his his six seven games this year, triple A, he's hitting two sixty-eight, only six home runs. He does have, like you said, the points league. His his strikeout to walk is pretty good. He he's been doing well in July. Eleven for thirty-three with six walks and only three strikeouts. Only one home run, uh, no stolen bases, obviously. But yeah, I think he's gonna be a solid bat for the for the pirates and you know, maybe a a decent fantasy baseball catcher at some point, but unless you're in like a really deep league or you want to take a, take a shot on a guy in a keeper league, I probably would stay away for now until you can, you can see what he can do. Yeah, that seems pretty fair, especially the, the pirates lineup's not great. So it's not like there's going to be a ton of, sorry, pirates fans. It's not like there's going to be a ton of uh, uh, upside in the run scoring or, rbi department and mm-hmm. he's likely to hit more towards the bottom of the lineup i haven't checked the lineup today admittedly before recording this it's, it's not see. out yet uh, i just checked oh, it. it's not out yet. there we go yeah so hey i didn't miss out on anything uh, uh he feels like a i'm batting eighth or ninth type of player yeah in that lineup which is okay yeah. they're, they're still used for those guys very usable in a 15 team or bigger league very very usable in a points league as i said and very usable in the two catcher league also which two catcher leagues don't get enough love kind of like two quarterback leads in fantasy football yeah it's going to be a, a battery making their debut for for the buckos there in pittsburgh with uh quinn priester being caught up uh you have anything on him i know he's kind of been up and down so far this year in the minors i did include him in my uh three streaming options available in 75% or more of leagues. Well, I think it's a decent look for him, you know, in in his first few starts, but uh, what do you have on Priester, if anything? Um, I think he's just going to be a middle of the road kind of pitcher. Unfortunately, I don't, I think he's okay, but he seems more of like a back end of the rotation type of guy than a come out and light the world on fire type of pitcher mainly because he doesn't have a dominant fastball, which is something that you, if you're going to be an ace, you kind of got to have some kind of dominant fastball that you can rely on just to get the ball over the plate when you need to. Uh, but he has an excellent curveball, which is cool. Excellent curveball. He's got a pretty good slider. Just the fastball's not there. And I think that's going to lead to a higher whip, which is obviously going to lead to the inflated ERA and those types of things. So it's going to, don't be surprised if it's slow going for him out of the gate, just because I, I think a young guy that doesn't, you don't have to be a Bryce Miller with a 65% fastball usage rate, but you need to have a fastball. You can rely on 44, 45% of the time to at least keep you in a game at this point. Uh, Everybody's just going to sit back and wait on that curveball, And I don't think it's going to go very well. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think he's really a fantastic option. He's one of these, you know, p- pitchers getting caught up that we just talked about, and then a few starts later, he'll be back, possibly back in the minors. Hopefully, though, that's not the case for uh, Grayson Rodriguez, who already 
did that himself. He uh, started the year, or he made a minor league start, and he got caught up. He was not good in, at the major league level this year so far. A 7-3-5 year, array. But he is starting tonight um, against, against somebody for the Orioles. He's starting against the uh, Dodgers at home. Um, by the time this is this is published, that start will be completed. But uh, what do you, what are your hopes for Grayson Rodriguez here coming coming back from this uh, little stint in the minors? I have high hopes because the big thing that Grayson Rodriguez was kind of known for coming into this year was that changeup. He has an incredible changeup, and he got to the major league level and started throwing it different, which is like a big no-no like if you have if you have your pitch and you kind of the major league level and you start throwing it different that throws everything off and he became very hittable very predictable which is a terrible combo all my cards just fell over under the desk oh sweet uh yeah that's also a terrible combo (laughs) but go after getting sent back down to the minors uh a lot of times i'm iffy about some of these young guys getting sent back down really quick because then kind of can deflate the mentals a little bit but i mean in four of his games since he got sent down he had double digit strikeouts uh he had 12 two games ago i don't i mean he only pitched three innings in his last outing but the outing before that six innings 12 strikeouts he's just been dominant he had uh i don't have the exact game off the top of my head but it might have been uh three starts ago or four starts ago he had the highest csw in baseball for the entire year or i think it was ever there's like a 49 percent csw and what is csw for our listeners and what is an average csw call call strike call strikes and whiffs so it's call strikes and whiffs combined into one so half of his pitches were either swung out and missed or or called strike yeah which seems, seems pretty good I think if I remember the stat correctly, Shane McClanahan uh, in his game earlier this year, where he had like 35 whiffs. Uh, I think that if his CSW for that game was like the MLB record and it was like 49.1% or something like that. And then Grayson Rodriguez is starting the minors. He was at like 49.6%. Just absurd. Like he seems to have found what he had lost when he got up to the major league level. And this is going to be the test today against the Dodgers. It's, it's, this is a good lineup and he's really going to be put through it. And I think if he comes out of this game, even with just a quality start with a handful of strikeouts, that's going to be really good for him going forward. And I think he gets back to that dominant pitcher. We, we hoped he could be. Yeah. I think we were kind of both big on Grayson Rodriguez heading into the season. I drafted him in the 13th round of my 12 team redraft. I, I've stuck with them, stuck him on the, uh, on the uh, NA spot. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping he comes back. Cause you know, since he's been in the minors, he hasn't had a bad start. Like he allowed mm-hmm. six six shutout innings, six innings, three earned, ten strikeouts, six innings, two earned, eleven strikeouts, four and a third, one earned, six innings, one earned, six shutout innings with twelve strikeouts. And then that three innings, one hit, three walks, no runs. You talked about last time. I have to imagine that was you know we're giving giving him a look and then maybe being caught him up. So they caught him up. So they uh, pulled him early. But yeah, the Dodgers are, are no easy task. Uh, hopefully the the Orioles get some advantage of the Dodgers playing so late not not even late into the night not last night but it was, it was a getaway day and they played pretty late up in uh city field so yeah I, I i mean i'll have to imagine rodriguez will be back for the long haul now this isn't like a spot start so mm-hmm. if, he, if he's available and has even a decent outing in in tonight's game i, I would go pick him up um 
the Orioles play. Oh, the Orioles play in Tampa Bay this weekend. That's not a good. That's not a good. <laughs> Dodgers and, and Rays are just throwing them right into the fire there. But yeah, I, I think I, I have high hopes for Grayson Rodriguez. I, I, I really do. They're really putting him through it this week. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, and we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great, great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, we got we got Rick Ross in the YouTube chat here asking <laughs> us a question. Good question here. Christopher Morrell or Matt McClain or Zach Eloff at second base while Jose Altuve is out. Uh, some good, good, good chatter there in the comments. Captain Insano is saying that Altuve should be back soon, which, which he should. And uh, Rick Ross said, you know, he still wants uh, a util second baseman because Altuve seems to be in and out. Out of those guys, I, I think I like Christopher Morrell for, for the long run. Although I could mm-hmm. see, you know, maybe maybe go with Zach Zach Eloff, see if he can keep this up. But I think Morrell is just the safest option, and also has other eligibility that you can play him when Altuve is healthy. Yeah, I'm on the Christopher Morrell train with that, too. Uh, I would probably rank them exactly how you typed them out. Morrell, McLean, Giloff. And I don't think there's a big gap between Morrell and McLean. So uh, if you either one you wanted to go with. But I, I like Giloff's upside that he has. I just haven't really we haven't really seen a ton from him yet. But what we've seen looks good. Uh, but I wasn't sure how his game was going to translate to the major league level. It's translated well so far, and I'd have to see him be able to keep going with that before I can fully commit to that over Morrell or McLean. But yeah, I, I like him just the way you typed him out. Okay. But waiver wire talk, my favorite. I was like, uh, let's just let's just continue with that. Let's uh, Zach Eloff. We, we we didn't really spend. I mean, you, you spent a decent amount of time on him. I kind of I kind of wrote him off uh, when we talked about him when he was being caught up. Hits in every three games so far. Had two stolen bases um, on Saturday. Hitting leadoff now after hitting sixth and seventh and second. Uh, is Gilof somebody you picked up or are looking to pick up or are telling people to pick up? Uh, all of the above. Uh, I wrote about Gilof in my Fantasy Pros Weekly Waiver Wire article over the weekend. Uh, for as unsure as I was last time we recorded right before he got called up, I'm I like what he's done so far. Again, we need to see it continue to kind of get a gauge on just how successful he can be. But uh, he's hitting the ball hard, which is good. Hitting leadoff, which is excellent. Anytime you can pick up a waiver wire guy that is hitting leadoff, that's good. Get the extra at-bats. But he's got some nice speed, man. The the home run ability is not there right now, but he's got two doubles and a triple so far. Stole a couple bases, and he's only striking out 16% of the time, which is cool. There's a lot of upside there, I think. And he's kind of cementing himself as a guy with a pretty safe floor, maybe. So, yeah, uh, he's he's one that I love. And he was still very widely available uh, yesterday when I got the article out. I think he's 6% in Yahoo right now. 9% rostered, sorry. Yeah, and it, I mean, very available. A lot of people see Oakland Athletics and think, damn, that team sucks. And they kind of shy away from... <laughs> from their players but the problem is it's their their pitching in reality is what really sucks i, I mean, mean their their hitters good. their hitters suck too they don't Somewhat have a top, they don't they don't have a top 100 150 fantasy baseball player 
I mean, Estieri Ruiz is good. Brent uh, Rooker's good. For, Seth Brown is good. They're not. Seth Brown's batting 198. Brent Rooker's batting 244. They're, they're, Noda is batting 224. I know you're going with him next. Noda's nice. The, 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 the A's have had some, some good guys that have had, had some good runs, but you can't say their hitting's good. They have guys. That I mean, are, it's better than their pitching. <laughs> okay, but there are guys that could be pieces on your fantasy team, depending on the depth of your league. And yes, I think Eloff could be one of them. Pieces there. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking about Soderstrom so far? Still I, that one at you. I honestly have no idea what he's done. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Nothing right now. Uh, he, nothing, he went two for four in the second game, I think. Hey, yeah, he's uh three for ten right now. Oh for three, two for four, one for three, hitting fifth. Yeah, that's fine. I don't expect him to hit for too much average. Would like to see some, some pop there. Only single so far, but yeah, uh, I didn't pick him up anywhere. I'm not really planning on it. Uh, I think catcher is kind of a wasteland out there. Who you got right. though? Who you, who you got top of your list? Uh, Will Benson is somebody that I really liked this week. He's somebody that I really liked for week 14 as well. Still very underowned in a lot of leagues, and I don't think he should be. Uh, like coming out of the All Star break. Uh, since God, what was it? Since um, the end of May, he had four doubles, four triples, and four home runs, which is pretty cool. Seven stolen bases, eleven percent barrel rate, and the thing that he's kind of changed is he's making a lot more contact. So he's swinging at a lot less pitches, and he's making more contact, which we love to see. Uh, he's got an eighty-seven percent zone contact rate, and he's only chasing seventeen percent of pitches. He kind of went from a, a who the hell is this guy to like he starts every game against righties. He doesn't play against lefties. And they play all seven games this week at Great American Ballpark, which is mm-hmm. cool. The only problem is I think they play two lefties this week. So there's five games that he'll play this week, two games that he won't. But he has he has the power and speed combo. He's got a walk rate. I think he had like a 15 percent walk rate since the end of May which is top five in baseball. And he's striking out less than 20% of the time. There's just a lot there all around to like. I know Christian Encarnacio Strand just got called up. I don't think he's going to like bite into any of Will Benson's at-bats. Really? I you th- don't? I don't. I think guys like Kevin Newman and the, the shittier guys are going to... I think it bites into Joey Votto's at-bats before it bites into Will Benson's Vot- we were We were dead wrong about Votto, by the way. Votto's been, <laughs> been fantastic since coming back. True, but all he hits is home runs, which I mean is cool. There's yeah, value there. That's great. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Will Benson. Uh, yeah, I guess Benson is, is a good deep league pickup. But yeah, he, he doesn't play against against lefties. Um, he hits eighth or ninth in that order. Like he can have a good game every once in a while, but I don't know if I would go picking him up. But yeah, outfield can be tricky sometimes in, in deeper league. So take a look at Benson, especially given that, that uh, he's at home all week this week. Yeah, uh, and then another one. I had like a really outfield heavy theme this week, which I was. When I write these articles, it can be kind of tough sometimes because you want to. I want to do my best to cover all the guys that I think everybody should be paying attention to, but then I also have to like, okay, I have to make sure I have at least one AL, one NL guy in there for people to play in AL and NL only leagues, yeah. and I don't want it to be all the same two positions for the whole thing, and don't have three people from the same team. There's a lot that fucking goes into it, and sometimes it's exhausting. This one, unfortunately, was kind of outfield heavy, but it's okay because if there's going to be a, a position to be heavy on in a waiver wire article, it should be outfield mm-hmm. where you roster more hitters there than any other position. 
Uh, but it's Mickey Moniak. Look, he, he strikes out a ton. He's getting every day at bats because Mike Trout is out. He's been playing well this year. I hate the 31% strikeout rate and the 2% walk rate. That absolutely sucks. He has a BABIP that's 425, but he's batting 326. He's got 10 home runs. He's making solid contact with the ball. He has a 15% barrel rate, which is crazy. So he's doing some of the things that you want to see from a guy to have continued success. Like, I, I mean, we love a barrel rate around here. We've been talking about that for years. League average barrel rate, I think this year is like 7.5%. So he's double league average barrel rate. The problem is he's just swinging and missing at a ton of pitches. Very hyper-aggressive at the plate. So in points leagues, it doesn't play quite so well because you are going to lose a, a chunk of points to those strikeouts. But he gets on base enough and has enough power that he's relevant in every other format. I think he's got a little bit of speed, too, if I remember correctly. No, he's two, two bases. Two, two bases. We'll count it. We'll count it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, in 41 games this year, he's got 23 extra base hits. Not half bad, especially when it comes to fantasy. So he is, I think he was 20% rostered on Yahoo. I may be dead wrong on that, but. Well, he's he's up 19% this week to 35%. All right, there we go. Still still a waiver wire target, huh. but he's only like 12% on ESPN. So uh, he, he's somebody I, if you need uh, an outfielder in a pinch. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. He's batting. He was batting first. Now he's batting third and fourth in that lineup without Trout there. He'll probably get, hopefully for for anyone picking up Moniak, Otani stays so he can have some some <laughs> some uh, some support in that lineup. But I feel I feel like maybe if Otani gets traded, they might get two pieces back that you can you can put in that lineup. But yeah, I think Moniak, you know, he was hitting just for power before. Now he's hitting for average as well. Obviously, uh, a BABIP of 579 in his last eight games and 425 in his last 18 games will help that out. But yeah, ride that while you can. Uh, definitely, definitely pick a Mickey Moniak, former former Philly, uh, first overall pick. So uh, he has he has the tools, he has the pedigree. It's just a matter of putting it together. And I think he definitely can. But speaking of barrel rates, 13.7 barrel rate percent. Tristan Cassius, he has homered in every game since the All-Star break, including on Sunday when he was a pinch hitter. Homer in his only at-bat at a really field there. He's been pretty good recently. Looking at his baseball savant page, it's all red. Average exit below 83rd percentile. Expected Woba, 78th. Barrel percent, 88th. Walk percent, 91st. Strikes out a lot, but uh, expected slugging, 77th percentile. We're talking about first base. First base is deep, but uh, Tristan Cash is someone you have your eye on at all or would consider picking up? Uh, he is because he's one of those guys that, uh, I mean, he's a big-time prospect coming into the year, a lot of hype, struggled really bad. Uh, I think till the end of May, he had a BABIP under 200, which is terrible. Maybe till the end of June or, or not the end of June. Until like mid-June or something, he had a bad up under 200. He really wasn't giving you much in real-life baseball or in the fantasy department, but the tools were there. He, he had good minor league success that should have translated over to the major league level, and this may just be him finally figuring it out. And also, some of these guys just kind of need that all-star break to get their mind right. Like, you get a little break, you get a week off. Tristan Costas mm. was definitely not playing in the all-star game, so he, he got a few extra days to kind of get the body right, get the mind right, and he's back. He's a guy that does have a little bit of sneaky power. 
He's got 25 home run ability. I like the pickup. I'm a little nervous just because I think this is like, he's kind of overachieving now homering in every game since the all-star break. <laughs> but th- there is a lot to like there going forward. I think it, didn't you say it's like hitting 270 recently or something like that. Or am I just pulling um, that stat out of my mind? I no, I had his numbers up here over the past over the past fourteen days, seven games is in three oh four. Past twenty-eight go. days, eighteen games is in three oh two. Like his average is up there now. Like he, he's been he's he's been killing it for, for a little bit now. Yeah, I, I think he's somebody that is worth a look in a lot of leagues, especially he's got first base eligibility. So there's there's value there, especially since a lot of people wrote him off. And how it works in fantasy, usually everybody knows this, this when everybody's all in on a guy and then that guy struggles for a large chunk of the year, even if they heat back up, a lot of people just stay out on that person because they burned them or whatever else happened and they just refuse to put them on your on their team. So this may be your chance to get them on your team and ride this out. It could just be a hot streak. So if he goes cold, I would recommend dropping him if he goes cold. Because we still got to see what the real version of him is, but I, I I like to pick up for now. Yeah, on June twelfth, he went over four to drop to one ninety seven. Uh, since then, he is hitting three twenty with five home runs and thirteen RBIs, which extrapolates out to thirty seven home runs and ninety six RBIs over a full season. So he's been doing this for over a month now. So it's a little bit more than a hot streak. Obviously, home runs in three games aren't going to continue, but. He's going to be hopefully moving up that order a little bit and getting more some some run producing opportunities. Yeah, and then the last hitter that I have for waiver wire this week would be Kerry Carpenter of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, since June 18th, he is hitting 297 with seven home runs and 18 RBIs, striking out just 24 percent of the time. Uh, he's a really good contact, or he, like he makes good contact. It's just I can say he's a really good contact guy. Uh, in that time frame, 92 mile per hour average exit velocity, 15% barrel rate, 51% hard hit rate. So he's making crazy good contact on the ball. He plays in kind of a weak offense out there in Detroit, but they got they have a lot of like good young guys. I'll admit Spencer Torkelson has actually been pretty good as of late. Uh, Riley Green's pretty good. So Kerry uh, Carpenter is somebody that. He was on a little bit of a heater for a while, cooled off. He's been heating back up for the last three or so weeks, and I think it continues. He just killed my Mariners two home runs the other day. It sucked to watch. I think he, I think he hit those as I was writing my my article too, which was just like oh, I gotta add him to the article. But yeah, he's he's worth it. He plays in all league types. He's not going to get you any speed, but batting average, home runs, RBIs, runs. He's, he's got you all that with the low strikeout rate. So, Kerry Carpenter, if he's available, I'd say 12-team or deeper league. He's good to go roster-wise. Uh, maybe a 10-team league with five outfielders. You can find a way to fit him in there as well. He is DH and outfield eligible. So, that you can if you need somebody in a pinch, he's, he's a good one to make some room for. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He kind of came out of nowhere this week, and I saw he had two home runs in a game. I was like, oh, Kerry Carpenter, I've never heard of this guy. He's hitting cleanup. For the, he's a Tigers cleanup hitter. So, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he has the power. Last year in 98 games between AAA and AA, he hit 30 home runs, and he hit 313 with a 1.025 OPS. So the power's there. Uh, obviously not a great hitter's ballpark, but yeah, I think he has. he's going to be getting – good at bats in that lineup and he's going to continue hitting for power. So anyone hitting for power is, is worth rostering 
in 12 team leagues or deeper. All right. And do you throw a couple pictures out there real quick? Cause we enjoy doing that on these Monday episodes. I like get Tuesday if you're listening to the podcast feed, but Monday for all of our awesome listeners here in the live recording right now, do you have a, like a top option that you're looking at for two start pitchers? And I would like to preface this by saying when we record uh, these, our two start pitchers are our guys starting Tuesday that are going to make two starts. Yeah. Um, I'm looking through them here. Um, uh, no one really jumps off the page. Daniel Lynch, um, of the Royals at home against Detroit. He hasn't been bad. His quality starts in three of his last four. The other one, he went five innings, gave up three runs against the Dodgers, got the win. Um, I think, I think he could be overlooked. I might write, write him up. He's only rostered in 5% of leagues. Uh, Jameson Tyron had a eight shutout innings last time out against the Yankees and is now going against the Nationals. So that could be a you know good build build up spot for him. Uh, Zach Davies, Gonzalez Braves, no. Luke Weaver at home, no. Michael Grove, probably not in, in Baltimore and Oakland. So no, so no yeah, it's going to be Daniel Lynch and Jameson Tyron of, of the guys that are available in. in Pretty widely available. Julio Tehran, I was on him pretty heavy early on, but he's had two back-to-back bad starts, and he's in Philadelphia uh, tomorrow night, so can't can't like that one. Yeah, I think my main guy, admittedly, I don't know off the top of my head his roster percentage. I think he's still low enough owned to be a streaming option. Tariq Skubal for the Detroit Tigers. 55% uh, on Yahoo. You know what? That means he's like 30% on the ESPN. <laughs> I'll take that. It's borderline, but we take those. Uh, he starts against the Kansas City Royals on Tuesday, and then he makes his second start at home against the San Diego Padres. I'm okay with both of those. Kansas City sucks. Like They're they're a good team to face because they have a very weak-hitting lineup outside of like Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, and then San Diego has been very underwhelming this year. So you can get to them, especially if you get to them early. They are very swing and miss happy. You can get a decent amount of strikeouts there. And what Tariq Skuba has done this year, very under the radar, he's only made his two starts, only pitched four innings in each of them. So there's a little bit, or there has been a little bit of an innings cap on him coming back from the injury. Uh, but his fastball is up two miles an hour. His sinker is up two and a half miles an hour. And he has just the most disgusting slider. It's only got a 15% whiff rate this year, but it's always been his most used pitch in his career. He had a 23% whiff rate last year, and his changeup so far is a 50% whiff rate. So he's missing a ton of bats. Uh, I think so far he's gone uh, eight innings, only given up two hits and struck out 11 or something like that on the season so far. So yeah, eight innings, two hits, 11 strikeouts. I knew that off the top of my head. Let's go. Yeah, so there, there's a lot to like there. He has ace stuff, and it's not very often that you can find somebody that's – I can't even say this low roster because 55% on Yahoo, like 30-ish percent on ESPN, but somebody in this uh, roster rate that has ace stuff. So he's probably my favorite two-starter for this week. Yeah, and if, if anyone – if Alec Manoa is still available after his his first start came back, he mm. is going against the Padres at home. The Padres, you, you mentioned, have not been uh, too great. And uh, your boy Brian Wu is only rostered in forty-seven percent of leagues. Yeah. So I, I would uh, I recommend him as well. I would too. Brian Wu at home against Minnesota, at home against Toronto. Anytime you can get a Seattle pitcher that is making two starts at home, 
the most favorable pitcher's park in all of baseball. You take it. He strikes out a ton of batters. He's got a K minus walk rate still north of 30%, which is crazy. So, uh, I mean, I will say there's been some rumblings that Brian Wu may be a trade target of the St. Louis Cardinals. So I don't even know how long he may be a Mariner at this point. But yeah, there's a lot to love there with Brian Wu. And if he's available, he's worth it. I mean, Brian, not to go on another Brian Wu tangent, <laughs> but he has a fastball and a sinker as his top two most used pitches. He tunnels them perfectly. One of them breaks 18 inches. I think it's his fastball breaks. His fastball breaks. Ugh, his fastball has eight inches of rise and his sinker breaks like 14 inches inside to right-handed hitters. But they look identical halfway to the plate. I, I don't genuinely know how you actually hit pitches from a pitcher that can throw them like that. It's absurd. Uh, but everybody, make sure you are liking and subscribing on the podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any other podcast platform you listen to. I think we're up to like 30 now that we are on. We appreciate all the love. Uh, check out our work over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And on our Substack, fakebaseball.substack.com, me and Ryan are putting out a ton of content over there. Uh, you can go support more of our work there. We genuinely appreciate it. Now make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Follow us on YouTube and Twitch at Fake Baseball Money on both of them. And you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at SOP. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Girl, girl.